and hello everybody in the Rio Grande Valley and abroad and thanks for joining us on another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget you, you can catch this podcast available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and of course on Apple iTunes. Folks, my guest for this week, he's been on before. We've uh, talked about the WAC realignment and we've uh, talked about uh, a little bit in the preseason for basketball, but nonetheless, I'd like to welcome back Kyle McDonald. Kyle, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule and thanks for joining us once again. Absolutely, Ray. Absolutely. I'm, I'm grateful to be on and glad you're having me and you know, it's always fun to talk basketball in April. Yes, definitely. And with the most uh, recent uh, college basketball season ending up, oh, what were your main takeaways from the WAC season? I mean, I know UTRGB didn't have a good, uh, a good start to the Matt Bigger era. Uh, Lamar recently uh, struggled a lot. But up on the top, you had New Mexico State and Abilene Christian and as well as uh, Grand Canyon to trying to duke it out for that top spot. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I feel like the basketball was a lot better this season. Those new Texas schools in Lamar, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston, and Abilene Christian uh, just made the conference better. Uh, there was a different brand of basketball that was played. I don't think some teams, when they uh, played against Stephen F. Austin or Sam Houston, were really ready for the physicality that those two schools brought. Abilene Christian plays a different style of, of basketball with the defense that they play. Uh, they get under your skin and they, they just, they, they're all over the place. And I don't think people, you know, teams from the, the WAC prior to, you know, to this season were ready for that. Uh, Lamar, they just were never healthy. They, they, I think there may have been might have been one or two games where they had a full roster, but even then they still weren't fully healthy. Uh, dealt with COVID and just injuries overall just depleted that roster. Uh, so that's why they struggled this season. I think Alvin Brooks, you know, this season will be their last in the whack. They're moving on back to the Southland after this next season. Um, but I think he'll he'll get that program righted. I mean, we'll, we may see them in the NCAA tournament in a couple of years. I, I believe that he's going to do good things for his alma mater. Uh, you know, and then, you know, New Mexico State obviously winning the WAC tournament, winning a share of the WAC regular season title. Uh, you know, that was just, <clears throat> excuse me, that was just kind of the the lay of the land, the way it should have happened. Um, but it got interesting. You know, they didn't make it easy for themselves down the stretch in the regular season. I mean, they lose at Chicago State. They lose at home to Stephen F. Austin. They actually had to share the regular season crown with Stephen F. Austin in Seattle. Seattle had his best season in a long time uh, under interim head coach Chris Victor, who had the interim tag removed right before the WAC tournament. So uh, it just was a great season. Like you said, UTRGV, they had their moments. Um, they probably should have won more games than they did. You know, we could think about that ACU game down there at, at UTRGV Fieldhouse where they had a 12-point lead despite dealing with all kinds of foul trouble. And ACU needed a three-pointer, you know, with nine seconds left to beat them. Um, I just, you know, and it'll be interesting to see what happens this year because there's so much turnover. You know this, you know, at UTRGV, there's a ton of turnover this year. Lamar had a ton of turnover. Incarnate Word, who comes in this next year, had a ton of turnover. Um, New Mexico State 
has a ton of turnover after Chris Jans left for Mississippi State. Um, it's just there's so many unknowns right now that it makes it hard to prep for a season. And hopefully as we get, you know, into the next few weeks, we, we weed out who's staying, who's coming, who's going uh, with regard to recruiting. But yeah, I mean, it was just a great basketball season. It was competitive. It was fun that it came down to the final day of the regular season to determine seating for WAC Vegas. Uh, the WAC tournament was, was a great time. I mean, you know, the, the semifinals between Grand Canyon, Mexico state, New Orleans had probably one of its bigger crowds for a WAC tournament game. And they've had in a long, long time. So it's just, it's going to be a fun season. There's 15 teams this year in the WAC this next season with incarnate words, Southern Utah, UT Arlington, all coming in. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Chicago state leaves the WAC at the end of this fiscal year and in, 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 uh, at the end of June. So it'll be interesting to see what schedules come out and how that works out. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great basketball season. A lot of, Great players, great performances. You know, we have Fardos Amac, who probably could have been WAC Player of the Year had Utah Valley not struggled, you know, to to finish as the seventh seed. Uh, Savion Flag, Darian Tremel, um, you know, Justin Johnson from UTRGV had a big season. Uh, it was just there's a lot of it, it was fun basketball this year, right? That's 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 what we like to see. And Chicago State had its best season in a long time, so. Uh, it was just enjoyable to watch the 2021-22 season. You know, one of the names you just brought up there, Justin Johnson, I mean, he's going to be one of the uh, key holdovers that will probably stay on on Matt Figger's side. And and you're going to be looking at basically a brand-new team in UTRGV and also uh, Lamar as well because they're going to be going under heavy transition. But one of the more interesting names that, that the WAC will kind of sort of miss, in my opinion, is a uh, uh, Damian Trammell who transferred over to San Diego State. I just wanted to get a little bit of your thoughts on that one. Yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me that he moved on. Uh, last year, he tested the the transfer portal uh, to see what what could be done. You know, after a, a really good season in his first year at, at Seattle. This year, he had another monster season, um, and you know, he carried that team down the stretch especially in the WAC tournament in their semifinal game uh, against Allen Christian, but he really didn't have a lot of help down the stretch. Uh, you know, we know Cameron Tyson, right? With Grigsby were there, but uh, Darren Trammell is just uh, the man plays like a giant. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I'm going to miss watching him play for the Red Hawks, but he's, he now goes to San Diego state where he has an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournaments. Um, and not just having to win the conference tournament, but they could get in that large bid from San Diego State. They, they have that kind of team year in and year out. Uh, he gets to play on national television a little bit more with CBS Sportsnet. Um, and, and I just think for a guy that can score like he does, that defends like he does, uh, that makes big play after big play and makes everybody else around him uh, just that much better, I think this is a great opportunity for him. I, like I said, I'm going to miss him, but his athletic ability, his basketball IQ, his ability to change a game with the way he can knock down shots in a hurry. Um, it just, and he can attack the rim at his size. He's one of the smallest guys on the court, but he can still attack the rim and finish. Uh, and he's not, he's fearless when he does that too. So it, it's, 
that's a that's a name that you know we're gonna miss in the in the Western Athletic Conference this next season. Absolutely. And in the last time I you were on my on the podcast, I had asked you like, okay, which which of the two divisions was gonna be uh, a challenging one? You you ready to answer that question yet, or you're you're gonna take a little bit of a rain check on that? <laughs> uh that's a good question Ray. i i am not quite sure on that yet i mean there's so there's so much going on that it, it's just i mean yes i, I mean i i would have to agree with you in in, in that regard because not only is a whack changing once again because you're losing chicago state but then you're adding southern utah you're you're adding a texas arlington into the fold and then you're also adding incarnate word into the mix as well. So I, 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 that, I think that would be a wise move on your end to take a little bit of a rain check on that. But just talking about these three new members, uh, just how much more difficult will the WAC be uh, with these three new schools entering? Well, that's the, that's the interesting thing. We, we, we're not going to know a lot right now because Southern Utah loses, if I remember looking at it right, Southern Utah loses seven of its eight top scorers from this past season. A bunch of redshirt seniors and seniors that have, you know, uh, they've lost their eligibility or their eligibility is over. Um, so Todd Simon, the head coach down there at Southern Utah and Cedar City, Utah, has a massive kind of rebuild to do this season. Um, he pulled in a snow college transfer this week, uh, but like, he's a great coach and I think that they're just going to be competitive as always. I'm looking forward to the I-15 rivalry in Utah between Utah Valley, Southern Utah and Dick's or there'll be Utah tech this year. Um, when the name changes at the beginning of the fiscal year on July 1st. Uh, but that'll, that'll be a fun rivalry. Those, those three games, you know, those three teams will be fun to watch UTA. I haven't done a lot of research on, I'm not going to lie. Um, I know that they lost one of their big scores. I think is their leading scorer. He went in the transfer portal. Former UTRGV guard Javon Levi finished up his career there this past season. Um, so there's there's a lot of youth from what I've seen with their recruiting their offseason. Uh, from the guys they signed prior to the 2021-22 season. There's a lot of youth. And I'm interested to see how that plays out. Because uh, we don't see that a lot in college basketball right now. Because teams, instead of going and recruiting high school kids, they're out recruiting the, the transfer portal and trying to trying, trying to win right now. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how UTA responds to that. But, uh, you know, Incarnate Word, they've been at the bottom of the Southland Conference, so it'll be interesting to see how they fare. It's almost like we're taking Chicago State out or Lamar next year, and we're replacing it with Incarnate Word right there at the bottom, you know, of the conference. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, it, it, there's so many moving parts right now in this offseason with the transfer portal, with the roster turnover, especially for these new schools. And uh, it, it's just, it's hard to put a, a, a thumbprint on what they're going to be like come November, December, uh, as you know, the season gets underway. You know, one of the, one of the more interesting things that you, you were talking about right there was a UTA and they're uh, and they're a little bit a fountain of, of youth that they're kind of turning to. I just kind of wish personally myself that 
Javon Levi at least had one more year of eligibility. And I would have loved to have had uh, to have seen a Javon Levi versus UTRGV uh, matchup uh, home and away series during the conference season for me. Uh, at just viewing from the side uh, from the court side, just to kind of see how that matchup would go. That that would have been one matchup I, I would have been like uh, craving my chops upon. <laughs> yeah, that would have been an interesting interesting game if that would have ever happened. I mean. What's what's sad about that whole situation is, and, and I think you and I can agree on this, that, you know, if Lou Hill doesn't pass away last season, Javon Levi is still at UTRGV. Yep. You know, I mean, all those guys are still at UTRGV. And uh, I just, that that just kind of, you know, and, and Matt Figure's going to figure it out. He's going to get his guys and he's going to, you know, get get the recruits down there to get them back on track. But, I mean, that just kind of set the whole whirlwind of bad things in motion for, for UTRGV. And um, it was sad, too, because they were primed to do big things over the next couple of years. Uh, you know, so it's just it's amazing how quickly that can change. Yeah. And and a lot of, and some of the people that like come up to me and ask me, like, hey, what's oh, what's figure going to do with this? What's figure going to do with that? And I, I go, look. Before the, this even like gets going the way it needs to be going, I think this past season and next season are, I'm not going to call them a wash, but it's just going to be a work in progress as to how UTRGV is going to have to make that corner. And especially now that they're trying to, do a lot of these newer renovations to these buildings. So that way they can be set for a little bit of a run uh, right before football starts. So right now it's just going to be lots of work in progress. That's just what I see from UTRGV right now from my end. Uh, yes, they're going to be hitting a lot of the recruiting trails, trying to get junior college transfers a transfer portal uh, incomers and just trying to just navigate while they figure everything out because the COVID wrecked everything for everyone. And, and I think that UTRGV became one of the most um, not damaged programs, but, but with, I think there are one of the most, um, they're going to have a lot more work to do than other programs in the sure. WAC. Sure. That, that That's where I view UTRGV right now. They're going to have a lot of work to do with. And uh, unfortunately the, the way the, stru the structure of the NCAA right now, it, they're going to have their work cut out for them. I 100% agree with you. It's not an easy place to recruit. That's for sure. You know, down there in South Texas, especially when you got so many schools in the state of Texas, you know that you're fighting against to to recruit. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 the good news is though there's over 1,200 players in the transfer portal, so you're going to get some some good basketball players who have experience playing at the Division One level. Um, it's just it's establishing a culture. You got to you know, and that's what Lou Hill was doing, 
And I, and you know, Matt figure has been a coach a long time and I, I think that he's going to figure that out and uh, it, it, you know, give him a year or two when he gets his guys in there and gets that established and, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I've, I've got to ask you, you know, you're, you're in the state of Utah. How, how do you feel about having uh three, three uh, schools in the same conference now, um, particularly with Dixie state uh, changing their name now to Utah tech uh, Utah Valley uh, kind of being labeled as the uh, BYU's little brother. And then you've got uh the Southern Utah, that's going to be one of the newer incomers. Well, uh, I love it. I honestly love it. Um, I'm old school, so I love in-state basketball games. I think they're the best thing in the world. I The fans love them. The rivalries, the, the trash talking, the bragging rights that come from it. Um, <clears throat> the like the Utah Valley BYU game this year in Orem when Utah Valley beat them in overtime, uh, that, that was the most attended game Utah Valley's had in a few years. So, you know, and every year when Utah Valley plays at BYU at the Marriott center, it's one of the biggest crowds right up there with the Gonzaga's or the St. Mary's, you know, uh, when the Cougars host those two teams in, in West coast conference play, uh, it, it's in state games, especially in a, in a, in a state where there's, Oh, there's three BYU's four, Utah's five, Weaver State's six. There's seven division one schools. These schools should be playing each other every year. You know, instead, now we've gotten to this point where we want to have these guaranteed games or these wins or whatever. And so the Utah States won't play Utah Valleys. Be you know, Utah won't play uh Utah State. This, that it's just a it's a mess. So I'm glad that in a sense, Utah Tech, Southern Utah, and Utah Valley are being forced, in a sense, to, to play each other twice each year. That, that's going to be great. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, uh, you know, those those arenas, I believe it's uh, the Burns Arena, the America First Arena down there in Cedar City, and then the, you know, uh, UCCU Center in Orem. They're going to be full when those teams play each other. And I absolutely love it, especially now that, Utah Tech's eligible for the WAC tournament. Southern Utah is eligible immediately. You know, they're not in any transition stage. And Utah Valley, I mean, they won the regular season last season, uh, a share of it. So it, it's just, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of stake, and I love the in-state games being played. For, for me personally, the one rivalry I am looking forward to is the Battle of 281. If UTRGV marketing hasn't gotten on that, for their battle against the uh, incarnate word for conference play, start using that. Okay. I'm, I'm giving you some free material here. here. <laughs> the battle for 281 incarnate word VUTRGV. Why? Because there's been a lot of influx of Valley students that go make that trek up North to go study at incarnate word and vice versa. And even a lot of the uh, athletes that come out in different sports go up to incarnate word. And I can kind of see that being a little bit of a recruiting battle for all the other Olympic sports. So therefore my, my number one rivalry I'm looking forward to is incarnate word out of these new guys that are coming in. And then I guess uh, one B on, on that list 
for me, it would have to be either Abilene Christian or UT Arlington. And why Abilene Christian? Because I think they've kind of set the tone for some of these mid-majors that want to be at their level, if not even better. And UT Arlington, because uh, they've been ill, they've had their numerous battles in non-conference play, even though it, it, it hasn't been like an every year occurrence like it, it, like it is with AM Corpus Christi. I, I just feel like that might be another rivalry that, uh, that needs to get uh, sparked up. But for sure, for sure, that number one battle would be the battle for Highway 281 between Incarnate Word and UTRGV. I like it. I like it. And Kyle, I'll have to remember that. Yeah, and and one of the things I've wanted to, wanted to ask you as the world of realignment continues, exit Chicago State along with their AD, but they don't fully have a conference home yet announced. Comma, you enter Southern Utah, Texas Arlington, and Incarnate Word, and then comma also exit. Lamar University do you kind of felt that the Lamar situation they were kind of like not pressured in but they kind of rode a little bit of the coattails of the original Texas four that came in uh yeah I think a lot of it had to do with that um I don't Lamar just wasn't ready and they're not they don't how do I want to say this there's not a lot of resources coming into that school anymore um they had an AD-ish issue um, midway through the basketball season, and he stepped down. Um, and I just think it's just a better fit for them to be back in the Southland Conference. Um, they didn't have any really true rivals in the Western Athletic Conference. Like I said, they don't have the resources, they don't have the finances and so forth to, to travel and to, to compete in the WAC. And I don't say that as a negative. It's just the truth, right? Um, the, the, you know, Chicago State moving on, they made a choice because they saw the direction the WAC was moving towards, you know, Texas and that area instead of more of a Midwest, um, Midwest arm that they had originally thought was going to happen. And that's, you know, when Kansas City dropped out, uh, went back to the Summit League, you know, Chicago State kind of made that choice to leave as well. And, you know, unfortunately right now, they don't have a home when they leave the WAC here at the end of June. So, We'll see what happens, especially considering that Elliot Charles, their AD, stepped down. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh, as you go forward. Uh, for me, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, Sam Houston and New Mexico State both leave after this next season uh, for the Conference USA. <clears throat> and so, you know, people are talking, well, is the WAC going to fall apart? Is the WAC? No. I've talked to many ADs, and they're happy with where they're at. They're happy with what's going on. They're happy with the growth. They're happy with the resources. Um, you know, I know a lot of people speculate that Stephen F. Austin is going to leave for conference to say, well, their athletic director told me, no, we don't have the resources. We're not ready. We're not going to just jump the gun like Sam Houston did because Sam Houston is not ready either. Uh, I've talked to, you know, people around there and they're actually upset that the decision was made simply for football uh, to just take off and go into the, to, to conference USA. Um, so it, it's, It'll be interesting to see, you know, I think the WAC wants Incarnate Word, or not Incarnate Word, excuse me, 
once Lamar, once Sam Houston, once Mexico State leaves, they should stay where they're at for the time being. That means they have 12 teams, which is a perfect number. Uh, and, you know, it just 15 teams is going to be a lot this season. And it's, you know, the schedule, basketball schedule, I don't know how they're going to do it. I have my thoughts on it, but uh, I just think that once they get to 12 after next season, just stay at 12 for a little while, you know, and then see what happens going, have some plans in place, but just don't jump the gun and add three or four more teams just because three teams left. Like don't panic. Like some people want you to think. I think for me, the the vulnerability that Lamar had to them once their AD left, I kind I kind of want to say that the president kind of thought like, okay, if we're gonna have to make a move back to the Southland, let's let our AD leave and we'll take and we'll take that kind of that de facto job and sure. jump right back to the Southland. I think that's the opening that the Southland saw of for them to poach back Lamar. Do I see them trying to poach another WAC member? Absolutely not. Now, and if there's one, I'm probably looking at either Abilene Christian or Stephen F. Austin. See, and I don't, I don't think that either one of those would go back to the Southland at all. And, and I neither don't. would I. But n- neither would I. But if, if but if they, if they were looking to poach another wax school, those would be the top two. Now, sure. Enter dark horse race. Uh, it would probably have to be Texas Arlington. That would probably be the dark horse of that equation, but I just don't see none of it happening. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it wouldn't be in in all honesty. I mean, I just don't think it'd be a smart move on the part of any of those schools to move back and nothing against Southland because I don't know what that's all about, but there's just so much more. I mean, you saw where the WAC was. I mean, we were, the WAC was at 14 out of 23 conferences in, you know, the Ken Palm rankings, conference rankings this year. Uh, so there's better basketball, more competitive, uh, more recognition, name brand recognition. Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just a better conference overall. And I mean, it, I don't want people in the WAC to panic because it's not, the case with Lamar leaving like Lamar probably should have never been in the whack to begin with. Um, and, and, you know, talking to people around the whack, they're, they're kind of, they kind of figured that was going to come. Like it's no surprise that that happened. Um, that they'll go back, go back to the Southland in 2023, 24. So, you know, that's the thing. People want to speculate all they want on Twitter, you know, and, uh, create, you know, discussion, dis, you know, discussion points and so forth. That's not the case here. Lamar just simply made a a decision uh, that fits them. And, you know, that's, it was the right decision to go back to, to the Southland, uh, you know, after next year. And, uh, you know, it's, it, there's nothing. I don't think there's any animosity from anybody around the whack that it happened either. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it is though. We we can't say, Never, we, we can say never say never, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen in conference realignment. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle, I mean, thanks so much for taking time out of the busy schedule. I, I will leave you with this uh, last question. You know, we've, we've talked about a little bit of the realignment, the basketball recruiting, 
and everything else that may uh, surround the WAC uh, in, in today's uh, portion of it. But I, I, I will ask you that if, if the WAC were to kind of uh, lose a little bit of their AQ status when it comes to football, uh, how long do you think that will be for them to recover? Because you have Southern Utah that's coming in with football. You have Incarnate Word that's coming in with football. And then you've got Tarleton with football, ACU with football, uh, and you have a, a, a slew of other schools that may be uh, falling uh, short for the football, uh, AQ7. And I know UTRGB won't start to a little while from now. Do you, do you kind of think that AQ status is up in the air or they're going to wait a, a, a little longer for them to apply for that uh that little waiver grant well i think this year they'll be fine um i mean you have like you said you you, you bring in incarnate word southern utah so there's two teams that you're adding to what you already had because chicago state didn't have football so you're not losing that so for 2022 uh for the 2022 season you'll have excuse me incarnate word you have southern utah abilene christian uh tarleton Utah Tech, Stephen F. Austin, Sam Houston. Um, so you'll have at least seven schools there. I mean, yeah, Utah Tech and, and Tarleton aren't eligible, so I don't know how that'll affect it. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I, I know that they've talked about getting a waiver for to keep that AQ, regardless if they don't have enough teams that are eligible for the postseason, um, which will happen in <clears> – excuse me – in 2023 in the 2023 season uh, when Lamar leaves and when Sam Houston leaves. So I don't know how they're going to manage that because I mean, no other schools are going to sponsor football. So when Sam Houston and Lamar leave you, you're left with Southern Utah, Utah tech, Tarleton, um, Abilene Christian incarnate word, Stephen F. Austin. So you have six. I think they're banking on UTRGV being ready to go by 2023. So uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see how it all plays out. And that's where, like I said, we can never say never with this conference realignment because they may look at it and be like, we need to add another football school that is eligible for the postseason right now. You know, like a Northern Colorado um, or not Northern Colorado, excuse me, Northern Arizona that's right there, you know, they're kind of an outlier in the big sky now that Southern Utah is joining the WAC. Um, you know, and there's some other schools that they could possibly look at. So it'll be, <clears throat> excuse me, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I, I'm glad, I'm just glad I'm not a commissioner of a, of a, of a, <laughs> of a, of a, of a division one conference right now. Yeah. And, and for me, I think Northern Arizona would, would sit in nicely as a travel partner for GCU. Yep. Yep. 100% agree with that. Kyle, if you, if you wouldn't mind, just give yourself a little plug here. Where can uh, fans follow your work at? I know you have the, the WAC Hoops uh, Digest uh, website going on. That's such great stuff you got going on. But where can fans follow you on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram? Yeah, just it's all under WAC Hoops Digest. Uh, you know, I've kind of been a little bit lazy these last couple of weeks, 
um, since Fardal Zamak, you know, I talked with him, uh, just been taking a little bit of break. I, I covered 18 games in five days at the WAC tournament, uh, in March and just been kind of taking it easy, uh, with this April stuff. Um, but yeah, everything's under WAC Hoops Digest, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you know, if you, if you have Apple podcasts and, um, uh, yeah, on Apple Podcasts, we're we're on Straight Out of Whack Podcast, so you can check that out. Um, we haven't had any episodes since Whack Vegas, so uh, we'll be getting going here in a little while after all the recruiting stuff is put together. But yeah, everything's under Whack Hoops Digest. All right, many thanks, uh, Kyle McDonald, out of the Wax Whack Hoops Digest. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate you taking time, and hope to catch up with you soon. Sounds good, Ray. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Hello, sports fans. Thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Be tuned next week for another great episode as we drop podcasts every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, our podcast can also be found via Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.